everybody? How's everybody doing today? Today is Saturday, January 25th, and it is about 9.14 in the morning. Uh, woke up this morning, feeling good, got some sleep. I'm a little wired, so bear with me. Um, got a couple things I want to talk about real quick. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, I want to talk about the government shutdown um, and basically what it means. Now, when I'm not recording podcasts, um, I work for the United States government. I work for the uh, Department of the Air Force. Um, you know what? And, and I've been furloughed several times. Um, most, almost every time I've gotten my money back. Um, you know, and, and uh, everybody, uh, everybody that, that gets furloughed generally gets their money back. I, I remember there was one uh, several years ago where I think uh, government employees were, were, they were basically told they had to take... Yeah, I don't know, like 22 days off or something like that. Um, so now I look at government shutdowns a little bit differently than most people do. Uh, most people look at them as a tragedy. Oh, my God, the government shut down. Poor family. Um, you know, and I get it, um, you know, but for the most part, all these people are going to get their money back. It's, it's just an inconvenience, you know, for a month or two. Um, this is why it's very imperative that you live within your means. Um, you know, because if, if you can lose, uh, you know, a, a little bit of money here and there and, and you cannot survive, then that's a problem. You need to, you need to stay within your means. Um, but I see a government shutdown as almost as like a, like a reset, like we're just resetting that. Um, and one thing that is, is really good about government shutdowns, if there's really much good about government shutdowns, um, is that the, a government shutdown will show us where in our government there's room for privatization. So, looking at TSA. TSA, it's about time that we privatize TSA. Y you cannot tell me that there is not some big-brained businessman out there that cannot come up with a better way to screen people at airports. Um, you know what, it's, it's been a long-held stance of mine that the government is not the end-all, be-all of all things. Um, you know what, government is flawed just like humanity is flawed. Um, just, because that's, just because the government does things a certain way doesn't mean that is the best way to do them. Um, you know, and so that's, that's kind of how I look at this, this whole thing. Um, now, as far as uh, President Trump goes... You know, um, it's unfortunate that uh, that it came to this point where, where, you know, people are basically working for free, um, at least for the time being. But, you know, the, this, this all came about because of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and, you know, every other uh, Democrat in Washington... Uh, refuse to vote for something that they have all voted for before in the past. Um, bottom line, that's what it is. Um, you know, they, you know, back back in the day during the Obama administration, Obama said we needed a wall. They were all for it, um, and Republicans didn't want it back then. And now the tables have turned, uh, and turnabout is fair play. But basically, this this whole thing is a pissing contest. Um, you know, President Trump. Uh, wanted wall funding. He didn't get an, uh, as much as he wanted the first time um, when the bill was introduced. Um, it got vetoed. It got it got sent back. Democrats said that's all you're going to get. 
Um, and that's that. Now, during the shutdown, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer uh, have had, you know, pretty pretty open and pretty candid dialogue with, uh, with the president. And, uh, you know, the president said, hey, if I reopen the government, will you guys give me what I want? Will you give me the $5.7 billion or however much it is that he wanted for the wall? And they told him straight up, no. They, the, the Democrats said, uh, well, open the government and then we'll, we'll talk. Um, and, and if anybody out there thinks that the Democrats are interested in giving anybody what they want, they obviously don't know anything about Democrats because that has never, ever worked in the past. Once the Democrats get what they want, they don't give a shit. They could, they could care less what anybody else wants as long as they get what they want. And you know what? There's a, a long history of that happening. That's been happening for a very, very, very long time. Now, with this current uh, opening of the government, um, that just, uh, I believe they signed it into bill uh, last night, um, basically funds the government for a couple of weeks. Um, This is not uh, President Trump caving at all. People are, a lot of people out there saying, oh, you know, he caved, he caved. Think about it like this. This essentially forces the Democrats to come back to the table and negotiate in in an official capacity. The government's going to be up and running. Everything's going to return to normal long enough for everybody to come to the table, agree on something, and get it passed. So if the Democrats continue this, this I'm not going to give the president what he wants rhetoric, this we're going to be right back here in, in a couple of weeks. Um... And so I, I applaud President Trump for that. Um, you know what? He put people back to work. He, that is him giving good faith to the Democrats. That is him showing a little bit of trust in their word that they will talk. So now, if they don't talk, this all happens again. This next shutdown will be on the hands of Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and, and everybody else out there that doesn't want to play ball. Um, so, so let that sink in just for a minute. This, this is not a bad thing. Um, you know what? People are, people are back to work. I highly doubt anybody thought that, uh, this shutdown would last, what, 36, 37 days or something like however long it lasted. Um, you know, um, but, uh, but I think this, I think this shows, you know, pretty much right now, the only thing that really suffered, um, at least the only thing that the media is talking about that suffered. Obviously, um, you know, national parks suffered. Um, you know, there's lots of programs out there uh, that suffered. But TSA, I think, is probably the biggest one. So I think it's time that, you know, people start looking at ways to privatize the TSA. Uh, I don't see a problem with that. Um, I think it's. I think it would be a great I- idea you know, for, for, uh, you know, a level-headed businessman out there to, to come up with a proposal and pitch it to the United States government. Um, because I mean, let's face it, private sector money is, and always has been, and will forever be more powerful than government money in terms of the economy. The economy is strongest when there is the most private sector money. That's why presidents write stimulus bills that give us money. That's why President Trump passed the tax bill that put more money in our pockets. 
That's why George W. Bush sent money back out to the people. All the stimulus packages over the over the last couple of decades, they've worked to help boost the economy. Um, so so give the, give that some thought. And let me know what you think. Now uh, moving on to something that that I personally uh, like to uh, to take a look at, and, and it gives me a, gives me a lot of uh, a lot of giggles. <clears throat> Is uh, I want to talk about propaganda. Propaganda is probably one of my favorite things um, because it's so prevalent. It's absolutely everywhere. You know, everywhere from you know titles of news reports um, to you know various uh, commercials for medications and different types of medicines. You know, it's like it's like you know take our medicine and you can run on the beach with your dog. You know, during the you know while the sun is setting and. You know, you can go deep sea fishing and all these kinds of things. It just, it, it's so funny to watch propaganda. But, but here's one <clears throat> from uh, USA Today. Um, the title of this is "Life-Threatening Arctic Blast to Freeze Nearly 200 Million as Polar Vortex Attacks U.S." The United States is now getting attacked by Mother Nature. Everybody, just so everybody knows, um, the National Weather Service uh, using words such as life-threatening, dangerous, brutal, and unprecedented. Uh, the National Weather Service is preparing us for extreme cold that's forecasted to roar into the United States next week. Now, I, I understand it gets pretty cold out there. And uh, and this is wintertime. You know, everybody knows. Um, you know, so part, part of this article, they show a picture of uh, Chicago's lakefront is frozen over Friday, January 25th, 2019. Another Arctic blast will freeze the upper Midwest next week. Um... You know, this this kind of puts a middle finger up to all those people that are talking about global warming and all that type of stuff. Um, but 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 the the harsh reality of this whole thing is that stuff like this used to happen all the time. Um, you know, everybody knows the Earth goes through periods of heating and cooling constantly, and whether whether you subscribe to global warming or not, um, that's a fact. The existence of humanity is not going to stop the Earth from doing what the Earth has been doing for hundreds of millions of years, which is getting hot, getting cold, getting hot, getting ho- getting cold. That's what it does. And and to think that the earth is going to stop doing that just because we're here um, is, in my opinion, pretty arrogant, uh, you know, to, to say the least. I mean, it was, it was less than 200 years, well, it was about 200 years ago, right at 200 years ago. Um, the last time uh, the River Thames uh, in England, froze over, solid sheet of ice, so you could walk across that river. It hasn't really happened since, um, you know, but, I mean, we're not seeing anything that hasn't necessarily happened before, um, you know, but but uh, the, the, the left and, and, you know, all these organizations out there, they're going to have you, you know, scared out of your fucking socks that, that you're going to die because of a polar vortex that's coming down and, and going to freeze you to death. It's going to be like, you know, the, you know, the mortal world turned to ice, you know, uh, for those Tom Cruise legend fans out there. You know, so, so I challenge everybody, don't necessarily buy into the propaganda uh, of, this, of this issue. You know, and next time, next time you're watching a, a commercial for, you know, for some medication out there that's going to change your life and, and you know, magically give you some nice house on the on the beach in the Bahamas and 
all those sorts of things, you know what, give it a second thought and just kind of chuckle at yourself and say, yeah, this is pretty dumb. A lot of these people must think I'm pretty stupid because uh, chances are you're going to take that medication and probably shit yourself because of the side effects. So give that some thought. Now, um, NBC News' Tom Brokaw was, uh, I, I guess, on a panel uh, this weekend on NBC Nightly News um, on Meet the Press. Um, and basically, I guess we, they were talking about Hispanic assimilation. Um, and I, and he, he actually had some, some things, uh, he, had some, he had quite a bit to say about this. Uh, he said, quote, on the Republican side, a lot of people see the rise of an extraordinary, important new constituent in American politics, Hispanics, who will come here and all be Democrats. Um, end quote. That was one of them. The other one is, uh, quote, also, I hear when I push people a little harder, well, I don't want, I don't know whether I want brown grandbabies. I mean, it's also part of it. It's the intermarriage that's going on and the cultures that are conflicting with each other, end quote. Um, now, if you break that down, that's pretty scathing. Um, you know, he said something about, you know, people don't want brown grandbabies and things like that. Um, to be completely honest with you, I've never met anybody that really cared what color their grandbabies were. Grandbabies come into the world. They're loved by their grandparents. Um, love is love, man. Um, you know, and there were a lot of people that had problems with that. But, you know, Brokaw kept talking. Um, you know, he went on to say, quote, I also happen to believe that the Hispanics should work harder at assimilation. That's one of the things that I've been saying for a long time. You know, they ought to, they ought not to be just codified in their communities, but make sure that all kids are learning to speak English and that they feel comfortable in the communities. And that's going to take outreach on both sides, frankly. Now, part of that, I, I, can kind of agree with, um, you know, high schools speak, uh, or, or, you know, most high schools and even middle schools, you know, they teach Spanish, um, you know, and I know that there's a lot of schools that have, uh, ESL classes, you know, English as a second language, uh, classes. Um, I completely agree with that. I think if you, if you want to be successful in a society, you got to be able to communicate. Um, so I'm, I'm very on board with that. Um, you know, but, you know, and, and there, there's nothing wrong with being proud of where you're from, you know, especially these days with, you know, 23andMe and Ancestry.com, everybody's wanting to know where they're, where they come from. And you know what, that is not a problem. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Now, my stance on immigration is, you know what, it's necessary. Uh, people are always going to want to move from one place to another, and I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, uh, I, I do think that people who immigrate from one place to another, need to try and blend in with that society. You know, they, you should at least try to learn the language, um, you know, and, and obey the laws of that area. Um, you know, uh, there are a lot of people um, who have come to this country uh, and they've done whatever it is they've needed to do that and follow the rules. You know, they've come here legally. Um, and I'm not just talking about people from, from you know, Central America, South America. I'm talking about people from all over the world have come to this country. I and, and me being in and around the military for as long as I have, there's a lot of people that join the military for that purpose. 
Um, and you know what? That is the American dream. The American dream isn't, you know, jumping a fence or, or jumping a border and then claiming asylum. That's not the American dream. And, and even, even Barack Obama would talk about illegal immigration. So even he knew that there was such a thing as illegal immigration. Uh, he, he, he talked about it frequently. Now, with this whole Tom Brokaw thing, uh, you know, I, I don't take issue with him talking about assimilation. I mean, I don't even like the word assimilation. I think that's that word's kind of over the top um, when it comes to immigration and people coming to this country. Um, I think what people really took issue with was, you know, when he's talking about when he said brown grandbabies. For some reason, once you start discussing the color of people's skin, that's when people start to get a little upset. Um, you know, I spoke earlier um, in a previous podcast about those two girls at the University of Oklahoma that, um, you know, were being pretty, pretty senseless uh, with a, an, an app called Blackface. You know, um, that stuff isn't called for. This is 2019. We don't, we need to stop concerning ourselves with the color of people's skin and start concerning ourselves with the color of people's character. Um, you know, I've always, I've always told people I'm not racist, but I'm prejudiced against stupidity. And that's kind of how I am. You know, it, it, if you're stupid, you're stupid. Your skin color has nothing to do with it. Um, but then Tom Brokaw, uh, decided that he wanted to apologize about it. Um, uh, you know, and, and he, he apologized, uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday night. Um, and he said, uh that he felt, quote, terrible, uh, a part of my comments on Hispanics offended some members of that proud culture, and that uh, I am sorry, truly sorry, my comments were offensive to many. The great enduring American tradition of diversity is to be celebrated and cherished. Um, thank you for your comments. Let's go forward together. Um, that, that apology is about as insincere as you can get. He didn't actually say, you know what, uh, I'm sorry, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I chose my words poorly, you know, I, you know, maybe I shouldn't have worded it that way, you know, maybe you were missing the point. Um, he basically said, I'm sorry you were offended by what I said, which, which really is not an apology at all. And, and, you know, based on, you know, that apology, if, if I was Hispanic or, 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 uh, a part of a demographic that was involved in that was, uh, you know, considered part of what he was talking about. I, I'd probably be a little bit more concerned about his apology than anything, because he basically, he said what he said. And then he said, I'm sorry that pissed you off. Um, he, he didn't really claim any fault at all on that. Um, you know, and this is a, this is a time right now where we're seeing a whole lot of apologies by a whole lot of politicians. I mean, it's not that hard to get on the internet and, you know, find out how to apologize for something. Um, you know, I, I find his apology as uh, insincere. And, you know, and I think he should, should probably elaborate on his apology and maybe reissue his apology. I think it's a little bit late for that anyway, but, you know, better late than never. Um, but imagine... You know, Tom Brokaw, he's worked for uh, NBC News for a very long time as a uh, journalist and a columnist. 
Imagine if he was a Republican or if he had been a conservative and he had said these things. Um, the FBI probably would have kicked down his doors and searched his house and hauled his ass off to jail. Um, you know, so, so think about that. Um, you know, uh, you know, to anybody out there who's listening who's Hispanic, um, you know, go to my Facebook page, read this article, um, you know, and leave me a comment. Um, let me know what let me know what you guys think about this, or or anybody. Let me know what you guys think about this because, you know, the part of this, uh, you know, part of this podcast is to is to engage people and engage dialogue and engage discussion. So, please, you know, uh, give this a listen. You know, take a look at the article that I post on my Facebook page, um, on civil Dis- on the civil dysfunction Facebook page, um, and then talk to me. Let me know what you guys think. Um, yeah, I'm anxious to I'm anxious to hear what you guys have to have to say about that. Now, moving on from uh, politics and immigration and all that other shit that gives me a headache. Um, a guy by the name of Mike Smith um, from North Wales. Uh, I guess he's a hobby chili grower. I guess that's a thing. Um, he basically created a new chili pepper, which is a shoe-in to be probably the hottest chili pepper on the planet. Uh, he calls it the Dragon Breath Chili. Now, that sounds yummy, doesn't it? It doesn't sound very good to me. Um, those of you out there who, who like spicy things, um, check this thing out. Um, uh, so, a little bit of perspective. Um, you know, the jalapeno measures between 2,500 and 8,000 on the Scoville heat index, um, which, is, uh, which is what is used to judge just how hot something is. Uh, you know, the poblano is 1,000 to 1,500. Uh, a bell pepper does not rank. Um, bell peppers are at a zero because um, they're not spicy at all. But check this out, man. The, uh, the Dragon Breath Chili measures... 2.5 million on the Scoville scale. Um, that is a whole lot hotter than a jalapeno. Um, and the crazy thing is, uh, it says right here, it says uh, that this thing uh, can basically cause your airways to close because of how hot it is, and it can cause anaphylactic shock. That sounds like fun to me. Let's, let's eat something that is so spicy that it can kill you. Um, why does this thing even exist? I think this is, I think this is crazy. And, and I would love to watch a video of somebody eating one of these. Um, and it, this, this, is, this is absolutely crazy. Um, so any, any fans out there of extreme heat, um, please give it a look. Um, you know, I guess this guy Mike Smith is—he's he's going for—he's um, going for the Guinness World Record. Um, check it out—it's the the Dragon Breath Chili. Uh, Mike Smith from from Wales—he um, grows this stuff, um, and uh, I I can't even fathom eating something like that. I I can't even fathom eating something so hot that it could kill you. Um, you know, don't get me wrong—I I like a little bit of heat in some of the stuff that I eat. Um, but I also like a lot of flavor. I don't like heat for the sake of heat. Um, you know, but yeah, so if you guys like this stuff, uh, you know, 
chime in. Let me know. Let me know what uh, what you guys think is so is so you know invigorating about that. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's things that that I like to do that a lot of people don't get. This is something that I don't do that I I don't do it because I don't get it. I don't understand. I, I'm not trying to lose you know taste in my mouth for a month just to eat a pepper. Uh, I don't get that. So so chime in. Let me know. Um, you know, as you guys, uh, as you guys all know, you're always more than welcome to stop by my Facebook page at Civil Dysfunction. Um, you know, I, I post uh, I post articles on there. That is also the Facebook home of my podcast. You can go on there and you can listen. Um, uh, I I record this with the uh, with the Anchor app. So if you're using the Anchor app, please by all means, um, go uh, go on the Anchor app if you want to and leave me a voice message. Let me know something. Let me know what you guys think about about what I'm talking about here. Um, also on uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, po- uh, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher. Um, <clears throat> hopefully one of these days I'll be on, uh, um, hopefully here pretty soon I'll be on uh, iTunes Podcasts. Um, so give me a listen, give me a like, give me a follow, whatever. I'm anxious to hear uh, what people have to say about what I'm talking about. Um, you know, let me know. Um, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy broadening my mind when it comes to these things. So, you know what, let's start a discussion and uh, see what happens. Um, Thank you for listening. Everybody, please have a blessed week. Thank you.